Welcome. This is Struggles to Strengths, and I'm your host, Chad Duff. This is the podcast about learning through your struggles and failures, figuring out how to take the difficulties in your life, the lessons learned, and then how do you move forward. Hello again, everybody. If you listened to last week's podcast, I told you that I was starting uh, to get sick and have uh, not the best voice. And, uh, and that has definitely deteriorated over this last week. And so I really apologize. And for those very loyal listeners that we get the podcast out the first thing on Saturdays, I'm apologizing that we're getting it out a little bit later today if you're still catching us on Saturday. But thanks for your patience and your understanding. So what do you do when you're struggling with your voice? You go get uh, you go get your brother to help you out with an interview. Uh, so you're going to get a chance here to hear my brother Kevin um, talk about his family and just kind of the fact that what he has had to deal with is is very unique. And you'll hear why when he talks about some specifics in the percentages. But I think the lessons that he talks about can really be used in all sorts of different situations and I think you're really going to enjoy it so sit back and relax and listen to my conversation with my brother Kevin so like I said in the introduction I'm excited for this week's guest it's my brother Kevin Duff you know I have wanted to have him on the podcast since I first started it he has a story that's very close to our family and it's a struggle and it's a real one um, and uh, and it's it's a lot but uh, yeah just a bunch to share so Kevin thanks for joining Hey, Chad, thanks uh, for having me. Uh, excited to be here today. You know, I've been on kind of the ground floor and learning about your idea for this podcast and just knew I had a, a great story to share. So that's what I'm going to do today. So we were raised by amazing parents. And, you know, one of the goals, the goal in life was to become parents, right? So... Uh, in 2013, I had a beautiful baby girl, and things were awesome. My wife and I were discussing if we wanted to have another child. And I was excited about the idea, but wasn't sure. And her answer was, she's also a younger sister. She has an older sister, and I have an older brother. She's like, could you imagine not having a sibling, not having Chad? And I said, no, you're right, I can't. So we decided that we were going to have one more child. And during the ultrasound, uh, we found out that we weren't having one more child. We were going to have two more children. We were going to have twins. Yep. Uh, Really exciting. Um, And, you know, kind of went off, like, excited about, well, not one, but two. So we're going to have three children. That's awesome. And then uh, in a follow-up ultrasound, uh, the doctors noticed that there was some complications. And the details are not super important to understanding everything, but they sent us to Cincinnati Children's Hospital for more scans and more tests. And at the end of that, they did an amniocentesis because they thought they'd identified what could be causing the issue. And we discovered that our twins were going to be born with Down syndrome. So trisomy 21 for anyone else that is hearing it in another way. Um, There's a one in two million chance for identical twins to be born with Down syndrome. There's 
I believe, four in the country, um, in the U.S. that I know of. There may be more or not. Um, and that's a really hard thing to hear because you have plans in your life for how things are going to go. And uh, the apple cart gets turned upside down uh, on the whole thing. And we knew that it was going to be a really closely monitored pregnancy because it's such a unique situation. I was at work um, one night and she had had a scan and they said, hey, we need to put her in the long-term mother's care unit at the hospital. We don't like how the babies are acting. I said, okay, that's fine. So we went and saw her every day. And then 10 days later, um, she called me and said, hey, you need to get here. Uh, there, there's a problem. So I ran out the door and got to the hospital. And the doctor said, we need to, have, we need to take the babies now. Uh, which is not uncommon for twins, but it is uncommon when it's uh, 30 weeks. So a normal pregnancy is about 40. So they were going to be 10 weeks early. Uh, so on April 21st, 2016, my sons were born. Uh, their names are Trenin and Caden. Trenin was 2.2 pounds and Caden was 2 pounds when they were born. Very small. Uh, we thought that Caden was going to be the one with the most trouble you know early on he we knew he was going to have to have surgery um almost immediately after birth to fix a problem in his stomach and 12 hours after he was born he had his first surgery and then trennan who's the older uh, by two minutes um, i'm sure he'll hang that over his brother's head uh, for the rest of his life um, was supposed to be healthy and for the first two days he did great and then we got a call in the middle of the night that we had to put him on a ventilator. And we didn't know why. So in the first 12 hours of, of their birth, Caden had surgery. And then 24 hours later-ish, Trenton went on a ventilator. So here you are. You know that you're, you know, you're excited about having the boys. And then you get dealt the hand that you know it's not going to be ultra smooth right because you know we have the down syndrome to deal with and then right off the bat bang bang it's it's super duper serious and so how do you how are you feeling at that moment in time well there's there's two answers so there's the social media answer that is out there and then there's the internal which is the struggle that i i, I really want to share with your audience and for other parents who are out there, right? So you put on a brave face and you're like, this is going to be, fun. no, it's great. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sad. I'm not scared. I'm not disappointed. Um, but the truth is, is you, you don't know, look, you never know what life is going to deal you, but you now have ideas, right? And how you have to portray yourself to the world and your internal you know, monologue, internal struggles are much different. You know, what does this mean? You know, uh, how am I, how are we going to get through this? What's going to happen? And uh, I was really sad. And I think that's the message I want to share. Most of all is that that's okay to be sad. 
you know, the it's okay to not be okay has kind of become a little cliche uh, at this point in time. But it's probably more poignant than than people realize, particularly when you really are faced with something that's extremely challenging and is, you know, going to pivot your life in a way that you were not expecting it. Why, why do you think, why do you think that you felt it necessary to be social media strong? Like why you like, I mean, and that is, look, that's not an exclusive club, right? I mean, we talk about that all the time and people do that, but you know, wh- why do you think you felt like that is where you had to be at that particular time? Well, you'll, you'll see, uh, you know, a dateline with a family and, and struggling in the same challenges and, uh, I wouldn't change anything and this is great. And you know, like that's what you're supposed to say. Like I'm a good person. It doesn't matter to me. Right. And I want to be clear that I love them. They're my sons, you know, all my kids. Um, but the, you know, the dream of, you know, throwing the ball in the backyard and, um, taking them to, you know, dropping them off to college and on their first date and all those things may not be exactly how you wish. Now, here's the cool thing. I throw the ball in the backyard and I drop them off for school now. So life is not as changing as, as you think it's going to be, but it is different, right? It's not the dreams that you had for them because we all dream about what's best for our kids is, is going to be much different than than what you what you know you know for for them if that makes sense yeah so so let's let's stay there so how how do you how do you go through that journey personally like what is that road look like for you yeah um well there's the immediate stress of the the medical right of like we have to make sure they're okay because you just don't know particularly when you're they're born that early so i didn't deal with a lot of the long-term emotions and if i'm being candid today i I still deal with them often because i was so worried about their health right so it's much easier to deal with the immediate than to deal with the long term now to be clear that's the right decision at the time but it didn't give me time to process, you know, what this means beyond like, hey, we got to have surgeries. We got ventilators. You know, Trenton ends up having a tracheostomy, you know, comes home on a ventilator. You know, that's a long that's a long road dealing with just the immediate medical needs. And it doesn't give you the time to process, understand what the other portions of of what the diagnosis of down syndrome means you know it's a developmental disability right like they're not going to work on the timeline that you're used to for a typical child um and that that's really hard you know that's a really hard thing to understand they're not going to walk when you expect them to walk they're not going to talk when you expect them to talk eating it sounds silly to say because everybody loves to eat, you know, eating is an important thing, but eating is actually a skill and it's something that they struggle with, right? They both have feeding tubes tilted to this day. Um, and you start realizing what that means 
you know, inside of what life is going to be like, um, is really difficult. Yeah. So, so how do you, how do you process? There's a lot in there that you're unpacking, but how do you, how do you unpack it? How do you like, what were some of your, we, we talk about this podcast is about the struggle. So what are some of your, and this is a hard question and an emotional question to ask, but what were like some of the low points for you? So I had a lot of anger about the whole situation. Like I, I kept questioning why was I chosen for this? Like I've done the right things. Like I'm not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm a good person like this. This shouldn't happen to me um, or us or our family. Right. And, you know, there's all the inspirational quotes on social media, like you were chosen for this and God gives you the things that you can't handle and lean on, lean on him. Like, that's all great. You know, it it feels good to read on a, on a Facebook post, but when you're up at two o'clock in the morning because the ventilator is alarming and your kid's getting sick and you're feeding him through a tube, um, all that stuff doesn't matter. <laughs> like at that point in time, right? Yeah. You're dealing yeah. in the now. Um, I remember um, very early. Um, it was the first time that my wife Tendra went to the store, and I had both boys, and she took our oldest uh, with her, and everything was fine. But I remember the stress all of a sudden to just not having the second person with you. And that was the first night that Trenton pulled out his trach. And at the same time, Caden uh, uh, pulled out his G-tube. Like in a 45-minute like time she was gone to run to the store to go get groceries yeah. or something like that. And you're like, how did all this just happen to me? And I spent... The rest of the night, I got everything came out fine. Put the trach out, put the trach back in, refilled the G. You know, got the G two back in. Uh, Tendra calls me and says, "How are things going?" I'm like, "Well, um, Trenton, pull, Trenton pulled out his trach, and Caden pulled out his G two, but everybody's good." But I remember like the adrenaline dump after I got everything settled, uh, and then I didn't sleep that night. Uh, just with the the thought of like the level of responsibility and like medical stuff that needed to always happen for the kids. Right. And I, I spent that entire night just kind of shaking and, um, really upset and didn't sleep much. And in the end of that night, I was like, I could have lost particularly Trenton. The the feeding tube is not nearly as big a deal as his trach was, but it was the first time I had the thought thought of but but it didn't. You did everything you were supposed to do. Yeah, you, you handled it well. You you kept your composure. You put the trach back in. You he was breathing just fine. Uh, and I think that was one of the first turning points for me in being like, okay, the. You want to think the moment's never too big for you. You can handle it. We all have those dreams. And, but you know what? I handled it and handled it well. And that was the first night I really processed, I think, what 
the next few years, particularly with the medical issues, were going to be uh, for the kids. If you if you think about everything in its totality, I, in my opinion, it can feel overwhelming, right? And I think that's true in, in life. If you're on a weight loss journey and you've got to lose 50 pounds or 100 pounds, you're not going to do that in a day or a week or a month, right? It, it, it's a, it is a journey and, and your boys have been and continue to be on, my nephews continue to be on this massive journey. How do you not let the journey overwhelm you? So it's celebrating the little victories, right? That's what really comes down to. And I think that's one of the takeaways I would like to share with everybody else is that there's a lot of things that are bad, right? But there's so much good in there. So, you know, that night was a victory. Like nothing happened. Like they were fine. You know, I, I handled what I needed to handle and nothing, nothing happened. And, you know, you eat the elephant one bite at a time, piece by piece. And, and that's the way you have to look at it, right? Like that's what you have to do. It's, it's one step at a time you don't summit the mountain you know on the first day so understanding that i had to start celebrating the little victories caden starts to walk um trennan gets off the ventilator and just has a has a trach like that was a really emotional day because he had been tied to a machine and i couldn't carry him around the house and the day that i could was amazing <laughs> You know, um, um, kind of fast forwarding to the story, to just one more like victory in that uh, November of 2021, uh, Trennan and I were sleeping in a chair because he was just being restless and he was just dead asleep. And I woke up and I saw that his trach was out and he was sleeping fine. And we knew he was on a really good course, like on being able to remove the trach after a couple of surgeries, one failed, one was successful, woke up that morning and his trach was out, which at that point was no big deal. Like I would talk to you on my cell phone with my AirPods in while I was doing the, the change or whatever. And I was trying to put it back in and the hole had closed because it had been out all night and I was really scared, but he was fine. And I yelled for Tendra and she came downstairs and the hole had closed because it had come out in the middle of the night and we put him on the oxygen machine or the O2 reader and he was running like 99% so 100 is perfect so he was doing great so we called the uh, the hospital and we're like well we got to bring him you know we need to bring him in just to make sure and uh, four days later he didn't have a trach anymore and he's been he's been depressed He's been non-trach dependent for, you know, almost a year now. Uh, like, that's a huge milestone and victory um, that really just brings joy uh, to me and the family. And it also takes a lot of that stress away that we had before uh, with all of those things. So celebrating the little victory every day because little victories become big victories uh, are really important. Yeah, I think the other thing that I have been always impressed with is that I will call you and I'll have had a bad day in some way, shape or form, right? Like work or family or whatever, you know, just life. Everybody has it, right? 
and I'll find myself sometimes being like, oh shoot, I probably shouldn't be complaining about this because you've got so much more going on in your life than, than, you know, with the, the mountains that you're having to climb with the boys. And, and what do you tell me all the time? Yeah, no. Um, I got this from someone I can't remember who off the top of my head is your worst thing that happened to you that day is still the worst thing that happened to you. Right. So, uh, a, a little kid's, dumps their ice cream and they're really upset. Well, they don't have the breadth of experience that, that I have as a 43 year old father of three. Um, so me dumping my ice cream while I'd be sad because I like ice cream. Um, that's the worst thing that's happened to them. Right. So that scales in a way that's really meaningful for everybody. So the, your worst day is still your worst day. And it's not a comparison between, people who've had what's happened with like the boys and like what's happened to you, you know, on a bad work call, you know, or a, a bad meeting or, you know, a bad review. I, I share that guidance with a lot of people, you know, you get your quarterly review in and it's not what you were expecting, right? Like that's okay to be upset. It's the worst thing that happened you know, like with that. So take it in pieces and take it in bites and understand that, those emotions are real. Well, God knows what he's doing. He knew that it was a good week to have you here to be able to be a guest with this crappy voice of mine. But this is an awesome story. And, um, you know, I love you. Thanks for sharing. And I look forward to uh, to having you on. Any any final thoughts before you're uh, before you're out the door? Yeah, I, I want to read something. It's pretty that's pretty famous in the, the down syndrome community or disabilities community. Uh, and it's something that I didn't understand when it was first shared to me. Um, but I understand now. And it was written by a, a woman, her name is Emily Pearl Kingsley. She's a professional author, writer. She's got amazing credit. She's an incredible person. And she wrote, uh, something called welcome to Holland that means a lot to me now that I didn't understand then. I think I'm still unpacking it. So I just want to share this with everybody uh, to understand. So again, Emily Kingsley, welcome to Holland. I'm often asked to describe the experience of raising a child with a disability, to try to help people who have shared that unique experience to understand it, to imagine how it would feel. Well, it's like this. When you're going to have a baby, it's like planning for a fabulous vacation to Italy. You buy a bunch of guidebooks, you make wonderful plans, the Colosseum, Michelangelo's David, the gondolas in Venice. You may learn some handy phrases in Italian. It's all very exciting. After months of eager anticipation, the day finally arrives. You pack your bags and off you go. Several hours later, the plan lands and the stewardess comes in and says, welcome to Holland. Holland? You say, what do you mean, Holland? I signed up for Italy. I'm supposed to be in Italy. All my life, I've dreamed of going to Italy. But there's been a change in the flight plan. They've landed in Holland, and there you must stay. The important thing is, they haven't taken you to a horrible, disgusting, filthy place full of famine and disease. It's just a different place. So you must go out and buy a new guidebook. You must learn a whole new language. And you will meet a whole new group of people 
you would never have met. It's just a different place. It's a slower place than Italy, less flashy than Italy. But you've been there for a while, and you catch your breath, and you look around, and you begin to notice that Holland has windmills, and Holland has tulips, and Holland has Rembrandt. But everyone you know is busy coming and going from Italy. They're all bragging about what a wonderful time they've had there. And for the rest of your life, you will say, yes, that's where I was supposed to go. And that was my plan. And the pain of that will never, ever, ever go away. Because the loss of a dream is a very, very significant loss. But if you spend your life mourning the fact that you didn't get to Italy, you may never be free to enjoy the very special, very lovely things about Holland. Welcome to Holland indeed. Uh, I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Uh, thanks again uh, to Kevin for, for being the guest. And, and we, you know, we, you know how we end each week. We talk about two things and two lessons learned. And you know, two of the big things that I pulled away from Kevin's conversation. One is, but it didn't. He talked about some of the scary things that he was facing in the early going with his boys and how his imagination would kind of run wild a bit on what could have happened, but it didn't. And how many times we've talked about this in some of our episodes in the past, how many times do you get in your own way getting upset about something that didn't happen? And I think that Kevin did a beautiful job of describing that. Secondly, and number two, he talked about celebrating the little victories. It is so important especially when you're in difficult times to make sure that you're celebrating the little victories as they go through. And I'll be honest, I'm going to break my own rule and I'm going to give you a bonus one for this week. And it's what I talked to you about with him towards the end of the interview is that the worst thing that happened to you happened to you, right? So we don't always have to compare grief or say, well, I don't have it as bad as this person or that person. What you're dealing with is what you're dealing with. And taking that struggle and getting through it is such an important piece of the puzzle. So thank you for dealing with my my scruff here and my uh, my strained throat. Hopefully by next week, I'll be back in, uh, in full voice. Um, but I really do love this podcast. I love doing it. I love all the support that I'm continuing to get. And if you enjoy it, please share it with a friend, like and follow, and, uh, and let's get more people on this journey together. And until then, be well.